0: This episode is brought to you by Houston Lucky of Keller Williams Realty. If you're looking for that dream home or that dream piece of property here in the beautiful state of Alabama, email him at HoustonLuckyKW.com for the rest of his contact info. And also, what's family if they don't believe in you? So thanks to Cantley Pittman, my brother, for sponsoring us. And last but not least, thank you to the Frosty Mug, a local staple, a local legend. Some of the best burgers, fries, and onion rings, and milkshakes around. Go check them out. Enjoy a view of the Warrior River. Enjoy their food. And most of all, keep supporting local businesses. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for believing in us. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We hope you all enjoy. Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host Trey Pittman, and I'm your co-host Shane Murray. I am fresh out of quarantine. Three weeks doesn't mean I'm not wearing a mask in here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm clean bill of health. We're good to go. Um, COVID sucked. Really? Well, not on my end because I didn't even know I had it. But it sucked. Like mm-hmm. just being locked in the house. Yeah, yeah I can't confirm.
1: I, I spent quarantine in Cortland's parents' basement. <laughs> And that place already held haunted memories for me because I spent all of my senior year football season in a concussed state in that basement. So being back in there, PTSD really hit you.
2: Okay. I haven't been introduced yet, but I'm going to inject there anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. I spent a lot of time in that basement (laughs) when I was younger with my friend there. Um... And the Mark Martin statue still haunts me to this day. I don't know if it's still in there. Or the stand up? No,
1: it's gone now. <laughs> thank God. Because if I would have rolled over at any point during quarantine yeah. and seen that, put a hole through the wall try, getting out of there. Try
2: walking through that room in the dark, and all you see is the silhouette of some man in the corner. <laughs> it's like, oh, are you? Sir? <laughs> it's just Mark Martin. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: He's harmless. <laughs> Folks, our guest today is Austin Tucker. What's
1: up? Welcome aboard.
0: Yeah, welcome. Uh not Austin Austin give you his background in a minute. We're gonna keep this little icebreaker conversation rolling though. <laughs> so uh good. the basement kind of gave y'all bad memories.
3: Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I I would say most people uh have bad memories of basements. I don't I don't think
0: there there's a um, lot of
1: good yeah, basement stories.
2: Yeah. I mean and that and that's the basement in people's houses and the basement, the cultist church. Boom. There we go. <laughs> hey, that's how you lob
0: one right there. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, this is going to be a great episode. Did y'all, did y'all ever, like, as kids, if you had a basement, did you ever run up the steps? Like, if you're in the basement by yourself, like, you turn off the light and run up the steps oh, real yeah. fast? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, was had bad. to. That's the did only way ever,
2: to do it. Did you ever freak out, like, um, when you watched Home Alone because the basement had the furnace? Oh, yeah. And you were thinking, Ooh, okay, hey, something's on. in my basement.
0: Yep. See, Art? Both houses we lived in, the laundry rooms were in the basement. Yeah. So it's like when I got old enough where mom and dad was like, hey, go get your clothes out of the dryer. Buddy, I'd I'd lose half the clothes going up the steps because I'd slip that <laughs> lot off and I'd just be letting the laundry basket just bounce behind me as I'm running up. And I'm like, now I got to go back. So it's like <clears throat> precarious positions. Plus you hear all that knocking around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time I opened there. up my dryer and don't know how it happened, but there was a snake inside the dryer. Like yeah. I guess I it, saying, came yeah. through, it, it came through. It came through yeah. the
2: in the dryer. Yeah, with clothes.
0: Yeah, like he, it. It hadn't been running. So it came through I, the, uh, the the filter. The, the vent. Yeah. The vent. vent. Yeah, that's the only possible explanation. Ugh, yeah. oh, oh, PTSD. Shit. Yeah, I'd
2: burn the whole dryer
1: yeah. up. Yeah, I can't do basements. Pour yeah, gasoline
2: on it. It's gone.
1: <laughs> that's got to be the number two worst place to find a snake in yeah. your house. One's got to be the toilet. Oh,
2: yes, yeah, no doubt.
1: That's my I, biggest fear. Every time I sit down on the toilet, I, I, it always crosses my mind of like, to, this could be the day. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get a little peek. Today,
2: yeah. a snake is here. Yeah. Or <laughs> one of two things when I was when I was a kid, there's a snake in the toilet and I've swam in this pool every single day, but there might be a shark today. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Solid point. Yeah. I don't know why. Solid point. Critters everywhere.
2: Yeah. I mean.
0: I'm pretty sure God put critters on earth just to keep us on our toes yeah sure. you gotta, sure. gotta sure. stay in check never get comfortable never don't get know complacent.
2: why i thought there would be a shark in, <laughs> in a in freshwater pool that
0: right. <laughs> was 10 okay, Freshwater, so. water salt water we didn't
1: know the difference yeah. back then
2: give me a break i was 10
0: but yeah i'm i'm glad i'm out of quarantine i'm going back to work this week glad to be doing the podcast again mm-hmm. uh life pretty like good. the month of september is pretty much non-existent to me it's like we celebrate britney's birthday and then hello
1: quarantine yeah, I just need somebody to wake me up when September ends. Hey.
0: <laughs> Buddy, I'll take that one up for you, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What's ironic, though, is that song was playing in my head the other day when I told Brittany, I was like, this month has just pretty much been a waste. Yeah. And then it just started playing in my head. It, no choice. As soon as you said it, <clears throat> I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I love that one, too. Qu-
2: quarantine is, is a gift and a curse. Yeah. You get a break. But... You know, you don't. But you get a break
1: from the real world and, like, daily
0: responsibilities, but then you realize just how bad you want those daily responsibilities. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't. That first week, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, yeah. this is taking me back to last year when we when work was shut down. I was like, but after that first week when Brittany got it, and they're like, well, we got quarantine another seven days. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, first week was fun because Brittany me and neither one of us was sick. So it was like, it was fun. Then I just go bebopping in them, go get my back-to-work test, and I'm like, oh, hey, you're positive, but hey, your lungs and your heart are absolutely clean and sound great. So you
2: had no symptoms whatsoever?
0: I was congested. That's it. That was Mm -hmm. the best part about it. I never knew I had it. Yeah. Like, I'm still obviously a little congested, but I thought it was just, my my allergies go to shit this time of the
3: year.
2: The nanobots in your body from the injection are what protected you from the symptoms.
0: My third arm is just bouncing around yeah, somewhere yeah. in the top of my head like, haha ha saved yeah. your ass. <laughs> 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 but I got, like, I was, I was kind of bummed, like, because I was supposed to get my second dose. I tested on a Tuesday. I was supposed to get my second dose on that next Wednesday. Yeah. So I was like, now you got to wait until you feel better. And I was like, I feel fine.
2: Well, <laughs> see, now you've had one dose, and now you have antibodies. Yeah. So getting the second dose, you're like a... Super Oh yeah According antibody superhero yeah,
0: yeah. we're gonna be taking blood from you here in a few months to <laughs> yes. start giving to people. According yes. to NPR, I'm I'm gonna have superhuman uh immunity. Yeah. Yeah. That well, checks out. So, anyways, I'm out of quarantine. I'm ready to get this party rolling. Let's do it. Austin, please tell us what you do. And it's crazy because Shane and I used to party with your brother.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one?
0: Evan, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just a lot
2: of us partied. So, um, okay. So, my name is Austin Tucker. For those who do not know who I am in this area, um, I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. If you don't know what a nurse practitioner is, that is a nurse who has worked for, hopefully, worked as a nurse long enough to know what the hell they're doing, and then went and got a master's degree and became a nurse practitioner. A nurse practitioner it does everything a doctor does just for half the salary. <laughs> um, we literally <laughs> have no difference if you put us up together in a lineup. He's got an MD behind his name. I have an MP behind mine. Prescribe medicine, see patients, yada, yada. So I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, which means that I specialize only in psychiatry. So I I don't see any patients like, you know, I don't, I'm not a primary care, so you don't come to me to get your blood pressure regulated or your diabetes taken care of. I see you for your psychiatric issues only. Um, I worked in psychiatry at Walker Baptist in the BMU for 10 years. I worked at Brookwood, um, which was the trenches. Um, They have seven psych units and they are hell. Um, I worked there part time during that time as well. Um and so um I went on and decided, you know, I think I'd rather be a provider in this area. And that's when I'm I went ahead and moved <clears> forward.
0: <throat> so what made you decide to go from just being an RN to an MP?
2: Okay. So I'll just I mean, I'm gonna be real on the podcast <laughs> yeah. as well. Hey. Um because I had seen a lot of really shitty psychiatrists treat okay, so so nurses will tell you this, um, and uh, I know you had Matt Skulls on, and, and he'll tell you this, and then a lot of other nurses will tell you this. You know, nurses spend 90% of more time than, with patients than doctors do. Doctors, are, I mean, I do it now because when I round, I spend 20 minutes with the patients. I'm done. I go and dictate it, and then I'm done. Nurses spend 12 hours with those patients. So nurses are administering medications, they're watching the patient for 12 hours, you're getting an idea of everything that's going on. You're getting to know Mm -hmm. these patients in a way that a doctor never has enough time to. And a lot of doctors, if they're good ones, will tell you that, that nurse practitioners can treat patients under the table, treat them under the table, because they've had enough experience in the 12 hours they work in each shift to know those patients so i decided <clears throat> you know i watched a lot of really shitty treatment of patients i would go jesus christ why are you, you know why are you using this this patient would be much better on this you know why are you doing this to him? i'm watching them they're they're not getting any better they're struggling yada yada and so i said well I mean, I've said this enough. I say this literally every shift. Well, if it were me, I would give them X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll just do it then. Yeah. So, and that was kind of my my idea behind that.
0: That's crazy. I mean. I love that. I love that. Yeah, nurse practitioners kind of get that boots on the ground experience. Mm -hmm. And then, because typically doctors, they don't work as nurses. They go through med school and come out.
2: They get six weeks of training in in each field area. So, your, your general practitioner doctor has had six weeks in psych. He knows nothing else other than that, unless he's a psychiatrist. So, you <clears> know, <throat> know, they don't get the exposure that they need to patients. And that's why, here we go. I'm just, Like <laughs> I said, I'm going to be real on this podcast. That's why a lot of doctors are assholes. And a lot of people will tell you that. I'm sure you've experienced that. A lot of doctors don't have the person personability with patients because they don't spend time with patients like they should. Yeah. Now, the doctor I work for, I work for Dr. Terry Bentley, and he wouldn't mind me saying his name on here. Um, But he's fantastic. And it's because he, before he became a doctor, he was a tech in the hospital. So he was wiping asses. He was turning patients in beds. He was dealing with patients hands-on. So he got that experience dealing with a patient in a different capacity, whereas you've got another physician who walks in, sees the patients for 10 minutes, and he's done. I bel- I think you know it'll never change. But if it were me and I was legislating, I would say every single doctor, you gotta work, you gotta go and work with the nurses, you gotta work x amount of hours and deal with patients, and you need to know how this shit works before you can just go out and start making decisions for people. Yeah. So it's a lot of decisions are made based on what they've read in a book, mm-hmm. which is usually wrong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like in my on my in Sleepfield before doctors stopped coming in prior to COVID, they come in and make rounds, talk to the patients, read off their results and stuff. And that's the hospital I'm at now. That's the only hospital I've ever been at to where we couldn't tell the patients their results because we're the ones that watched them all night. Sure. And so the doctor goes in, tells them their results, tells them what CPAP pressure they're going to be on, what they saw, what they're going to probably take a deeper look at. Stuff like that. It's understandable. Like I'm not qualified to be telling you, hey, you've got you had a run of VTAC through the night. Kind of worried about that. Probably needed to go do an echo. I'm I can't do that. Yeah. So what do I do? All I do is print off the epic, which is a picture of their study. Mm-hmm. Show it to the doctor, like, hey, they had to run of VTAC. Doctors are the ones that orders the echo. I can't sure. do that. Stuff like that.
2: You do all the work. We'll, they get all the glory, or we get all the grass. Should I say now? And you're right.
0: I don't know, I mean, man. When when I when I have a CPAP study and that patient wakes up and they're like, "Man, that's the best sleep I've ever had." I'm yeah. like, "All right, I did my job."
2: Yeah, <laughs> I feel and good about myself. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> God, I had a sleep study. I had a sleep study, and that shit was, I mean, what- oh zero
0: out of ten recommend unless you come see me. <laughs> I was
1: about to say, how many sleep studies can you get done, and can I just specifically come see you? Yeah, it
2: was. I mean, I had mine. I didn't. I don't know where you do sleep. I did mine at Princeton, and. I mean, I didn't have enough events to qualify for sleep apnea. Yeah. My fiance will tell you otherwise because she says I snore like the be. Hey, you, can,
0: you can snore and, and not have sleep apnea.
2: And that's true. <clears throat> um, and so I didn't think I did, but I was tired all the time. I think that's just age. Yeah. Because most people say, oh, you know, I snore and I'm tired all the time. I must have sleep apnea. No, not necessarily. You no, might just be fat or whatever. Just,
0: yeah, you're just not sleeping. <laughs> I'm just out of shape. Like Some people that come in, they're in shape and they have sleep apnea. That's usually uh, anatomical with the sure. soft palate being too big. It, it's crazy. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff that goes into sleep that a lot of people don't know about. But yeah, yeah. We, I told Shane I could do a podcast on sleep, and he's like, that'd be the most boring dude, podcast ever. Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> dude, I, I can do it with you because seriously, 75%, maybe 80% of my job in psychiatry is treating sleep.
0: Really? Uh, it yeah. it makes It's it the
2: hardest thing to treat in the world. You know, there's it's a thing
0: we have called sleep. Prozac eyes. It looks yeah. like they're in REM sleep, but they're not in REM sleep. You know? I, I,
2: how do you, do you have a lot of patients on Prozocin? Do you know what that is, Mini press. Mm. It's a medicine that we give people with PTSD that um, blocks the REM sleep. So it essentially keeps them from ha- from dreaming. Oh, that and sucks. And we give it to people for nightmares.
0: That sucks because REM sleep is like, that's what restores your body.
2: Right. Well, yeah, and, well it, and not necessarily <laughs> REM sleep, but it blocks the deepest sleep so yeah. that you're not getting into dreaming. Oh, now, Bubba. people still dream, but if you've got PTSD, you don't necessarily you don't want, want to dream sometimes. Yeah. When
0: we were going through uh, like bedside manners stuff in in school they're like if you ever have a veteran don't just walk in there
2: no no
0: first time i got swung at learned that real quick you'll learn
2: about hypervigilance real quick
0: yeah he was like he jumped up and swung at me i'm like
2: whoa yeah walk in the room hey uh
0: hey buddy well we have those intercom we have the intercom (laughs) system so we can be like hey so and so i'm coming in yeah but that's crazy like i didn't i didn't like we know like there's like gabapentin sure and muscle relaxers and yeah. stuff they do suppress REM sleep yeah antidepressants I did, suppress I REM sleep so you know it's a lot of stuff it's yeah. it's crazy like there's a lot that goes into sleep
2: i mean we have like a lot of my patients will i mean in, because sleep's a big a big and very important thing to your mental health i mean your entire <laughs> body <laughs> yeah so if you're not sleeping and you come to me and say, "Look, I'm depressed." And my, and and we'll go in. We can go into all the shit. But the DSM five is what we as a book, and it's the criteria we use to diagnose psychiatric patients. Yeah. So we use this criteria, and if you have to meet so many um, things in that criteria in order to say, "Okay, well, you have depression," you have to meet five out of ten symptoms or yeah. whatever. So one of those is poor sleep, either poor introduction of sleep. So you can't get to sleep or you have poor quality of sleep or you can't stay asleep or you have a poor um, exit of sleep where you can't wake up. So most people with depression deal and anxiety deal with, they can't get to sleep. Oh, my mind won't shut up at, shut off at night, blah, blah, blah. So if you think about it, if you can't sleep, you're already depressed, you're already dealing with shit in your life, whatever. Um, and you can't sleep, then it's going to compound and compound and <clears throat> compound until you are sicker than you already were.
0: Yeah, man, three weeks I've been off work. I've slept eight hours a night. I, I yeah. mean, right at eight hours. I go to bed at one o'clock. I'm yeah. up at nine. Yeah. Now when I go back to work, it's going to suck because I don't sleep like that when I'm when I'm working. Obviously, night shift can screw you up.
2: Oh God, I know.
0: And like I can tell, my anxiety's higher when I'm not sleeping.
2: I worked night shift and weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 12-hour shifts for 8 out of the 10 years that I did nursing. And then when I got my nurse practitioner, I went to (laughs) 10-hour days, Monday through Friday. Mm. So that transition, still, I still can't.
0: Yeah. So what got you into the psych field to
2: begin with? So I've always been interested in psych. Very, I mean, you know, I've always thought that was cool. Um, When I first got out of nursing school, I didn't start in psych, so I started in the emergency room, and we saw a lot of psych. Um, And I was really interested in those diagnoses. You know, and you watch movies and stuff, and you're like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I want to know how much of this is real and how much of it isn't. Um, And so when I went into working in the ER, I said, you know, I, I liked, when I would get patients in, I'd. I didn't care for the trauma. I didn't care for those stuff. But when I deal with my psych patients, like this is interesting to me. And so I said, well, maybe I just need to work in that area. So I transferred down to psych after my first year of nursing. And I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. This is the part of the hospital where I'm the most that where I can utilize my skills the most.
0: That's crazy. Like, so how, drugs psycho drug induced psychosis stuff like that how much of that do you did you typically see like especially in the er so
2: are you talking about like just patients with um
0: like they they're tweaking too bad
2: um with with substance induced uh, especially in our area in walker county you know i'm not going to mince any words we have an epidemic of of drug use um so, oh, not to get too t- technical. So, okay, all right. Used to, methamphetamine, when you would see that, that's like, okay, somebody's cooking meth at their in their basement in a meth lab, shaking bake, yada, yada. Not anymore. That shit doesn't happen anymore. We do not have meth labs anymore. We do not have where people, manuf- I mean, we probably do, but not like we used to. Most, 99.9% of methamphetamine comes across the border. That methamphetamine is pure shit. If you, I mean, not, and I don't mean shit as in garbage. I mean shit as in the good shit.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and so that stuff, if you think, um, if you think about like watching Breaking Bad, um, it's like that.
3: Yeah. Um. That baby blue. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Always holds a special place.
2: <laughs> so, anyways, so with um, methamphetamine, um being that strong and that potent, um, you're dealing with a lot of strong psychotic behavior. So methamphetamine, that's the number one you know, symptom of when you're high on meth is that you don't sleep, you're super, super high, and you're um, delusional, paranoid, all of it. You basically have all the symptoms of schizophrenia. So we're seeing mostly a lot of substance induced psychosis is caused by methamphetamine in this area because methamphetamine is so widely abused. Um, and you know, it's just part of it and it's something that we can't stop in our field. It's, it's so so we call this dual diagnosis. It's when you have drugs and you have um, my mental health disorder combined into one. And this is something we'll never be able, I mean, I that's grim, but it's something we will probably never be able to actually stop because until we have a secure border, until we have, um, you know, better control of the drugs in our community, drug induced psychosis is going to be there. Yeah. So it, when I, to that, to answer the question, um, you know, it's hard to say how much is drugs, how much isn't. But a large majority um, is is drug induced, and then, you know, it may not be drug. In- so you may have your acutely psychotic patient on methamphetamine, and then once they get uh, it gets out of their system, they're fine. And then you may have the one that, um, is that has done meth a year ago. But they still have residual symptoms. They're they're still a little paranoid. They're still having issues. So, I mean, you're going to see both of those. Yeah. So
0: I couldn't fathom seeing that, like on a daily basis. I mean, growing up in Empire, you'd see people walking up and down the road, and you're like, well, mm, that's not normal.
2: Well, they're strong as shit, too. <clears throat>
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: Let me just sense. tell that, you. That takes sense.
2: Um, they think they're Superman. They're strong. Um, and they... I mean, they really are. Like, the the stuff that you hear about, oh, yeah, meth heads, you know, they're, they're super strong. It's true. Yeah. I've, I've fought them before. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I mean, I, I had gotten into fights before I started psych nursing.
0: Oh, I learned how to fight real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, as far as drug-induced, and we'll get into, like, the more of the mental health side in a minute, but as far as drug-induced goes, how, what's the craziest thing you've ever had to deal with? Whether it's in... ER or just the Craziest
2: thing ever. Oh, God. That's uh, such a good question because, I mean, probably the craziest patient or the craziest situation? Yeah, just craziest situation. It, probably being stabbed.
0: Like I was, I was telling you guys I earlier
2: before we were um, recording. Um, I don't know how you top that. It's hard to top that story. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I got shanked. Um, one time because somebody, um, you know, this, they made a shank out of a filed down toothbrush that was sharp enough to stab somebody with, stabbed me in between my ribs, gave me seven stitches, um, had to be removed surgically, you know, so I was attacked. Um, someone trying to kill me. Yeah. That's probably the craziest. Um, I have heard every insane delusion that you could have believe. um, Well, okay, I'll just say that I—that's
3: <laughs> the best story. Heard,
2: okay, there mayor there have been murders. We'll just say that. Dang. And so that have to do with psychiatry that I know about. Um, so it affects the community in that way as well.
0: That's that's wild. So you have to hear this pretty much on a daily basis.
2: Pretty, pretty much. Now, when I was a nurse in the psych unit, I was dealing with it a lot more. Yeah. Now, like I said, my um, fiance she works there still. That's where we met. <laughs> Tell our kids, hey, we met on this in the psych ward. Um, but I, you know, I didn't. I dealt with it a lot more in the trenches. Then is what I call it. But see, as far as now, I deal with outpatient patients, and I don't see as much psychosis yeah. now. I see a lot of what you. What is more common than that? I, to be honest with you, the psychotic, crazy-ass patient like you see a few years ago in Miami that's doing bath salts and eating spice face, that's actually not as common. What's most common is somebody who's, I'm depressed. Yeah, I'm anxious. Yes. I'm depressed. Everybody deals with that. I, I tell every one of my patients this. I say, look, you can go to a cardiologist who has never had a heart attack, never had open heart, but you can go to a psychiatrist, and I promise you he's dealt with some shit. I tell my patients, I am a very anxious person. Yeah. I take medicine. I take medicine for depression and anxiety. So you can level with that patient a lot easier. So that's the more common thing. Is It's not you know, psychotic patients. We see that. Schizophrenia is 1% of the population. Yeah. What, and, and that's always almost always inpatient because they're not going to go to outpatient appointments. But what you see the most of is people who are depressed, people who are anxious, people who are dealing with PTSD, people that are dealing with, you know, all kinds of different issues, whether it was an issue within their life or if it's something that's organic.
0: Do you find it a little easier to be more tenderhearted with people that come in with these day-to-day problems or they come into the BMU, stuff like that, that's really going through some shit? Do you find that easier to kind of relate to?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, It's one of those things where when you're, because it's, so so mental health is one of those fields where you can really relate, yeah. you know, because like, you know, you work in the ICU and you're sitting there with somebody who's on, who's dealing with it and who's septic dying. You can't sit down with that person and be like, hey, you know, well, I was yeah. septic a year ago Been and there, I'll tell buddy. you, it yeah. was shitty, <laughs> yeah. you know, but mental health, I can go in a group room and sit down with somebody and say, look, dude, I dealt with the same shit. You're going through a divorce, it's terrible, I did the same thing, you know, we'll work through it, whatever, whatever. It's a, yes, you can deal with, have a lot more compassionate level with those patients a lot easier than you can if you were in another field of of medicine.
0: It's really hard to relate to anybody in other fields, like, hey, yo, I'm a, like you said, I'm a cardiologist, I had a heart attack a week ago, Mm -hmm. but very rare, very, very, very rare.
1: Yeah. But see, him saying that, and you know maybe there's somebody listening that's going through that stuff, because mental health is one of those things that if you're going through it and you've actually went and seeked help, then it's a lot easier to talk about openly. Sure. But so many people find it as like this big hush-hush thing that you oh, have yes. to deal with yourself. But just knowing that like, if you go into a psych hospital or whatever, yeah. a psychiatric ward, you're not going to be looked at as a crazy person.
2: And yeah. you just hit, it, hit the nail on the head. So that's the most important thing about all of this. If anything gets remembered by anybody listening to this, it's that. So, the stigma is the biggest part of the problem. Yeah. Because, and it's, and it's, it's multifactorial. So we live in the South. We live in the Bible Belt. So here, here's your first problem. Well, you know, you just don't have enough trust in God. There's your another shit you hear. Yep. Yeah. And, that is so, like, Why would you tell somebody that? I just
1: pray about it.
2: Yeah, just yeah, just pray about it, and you shouldn't be depressed. You're blessed. Like shut the. Like really? No. Like no, I'm not. I'm depressed. Actually, I am not. Yes, (laughs) I'm not blessed. Actually, you know. So like, so you you get that, and then you get, what you got to be depressed about. You know, you got a good life. You got a good job. You got a kid. It doesn't matter. Mm -mm. I just recently posted a picture on my Facebook. Y'all may have seen it. And it said, this is what depression looks like. And it was um, a montage picture. It was a collage of all of the different um, actors Mm -hmm. and actresses that had committed suicide. So you can't look at somebody. That is the worst thing you can tell somebody. And I get it because we also live in a very, like we talked about earlier, very snowflake society where people are offended by everything. But so there's a balance. But, you know, you also can look at somebody and go a lot of people will look at somebody and go, why are you depressed? And it, and, and you may not have a reason. Because, or, so, okay, so here's or you the don't big, know.
1: You just feel like you're in a depressed state. Yes. And then when somebody confronts you with it, you know, what, what do you have to be depressed about? And you're right. like, dude, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Exactly. Yeah. Okay?
2: And, and that's where organic depression comes in. And actual, you know, okay, you have neurotransmitters in your brain that are off. And some people... Are depressed with zero reason. I mean, you could have a million dollars, you got the best life, you got the best hottest wife in the world, your kids are great, everything's hunky dory, but I'm depressed and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's that's true organic depression. You have organic depression, and then you have situational depression, and a lot of times situational depression is treated with therapy. Go deal with it, Mm -hmm. and then once you've dealt with it, it's going to get better. Organic depression, and sometimes situational depression as well, can be treated with medication.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and but, like you said, and Shane hit the nail—I mean, on the head—is we're dealing with a lot of stigma. That's the problem. Yeah, it's because nobody wants to say. Has nobody? Everybody will sit here and tell you. I went to my uh, primary care today. I went to my respiratory therapist, blah, blah, blah. I went and had a sleep study. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You tell somebody you went to your psychiatrist, everybody looks at you like, oh, shit. What oh, what yeah. What do you got you? going on with you? Huh? Yeah, Jesus. I thought mm-hmm. you had it all together. And so, like, that stigma's there. And it shouldn't be. But it's because everybody, nobody really believes in it or they don't believe that it's they, – either they don't believe it's real or they believe it's something you can just get over. They don't understand the biology behind it. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot, it's basically based on ignorance Yeah. It, it, without any other way of explaining it. It's complete ignorance to mental health. And I was just telling somebody at work today, I said, I wish we could put out a PSA and be like, okay, watch this video. This is explaining dementia, depression, whatever anxiety, Watch this video, and maybe you can get a better idea of what people are dealing with. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just, hey, I'm sad. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than that.
0: No. See, when, like, I, I go through my depression fits, it's like, I don't feel sad. It's just, I'm I'm not motivated. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel like doing anything feel down it's not like oh i'm gonna lay in bed and cry and watch lifetime movies right. all day that that's what depression is portrayed as cliche us. depression yeah. yeah mine is more i don't feel like doing shit don't feel like talking to anybody yeah. i just kind of want to go away for a little bit deal with it <clears throat> and it's crazy because i was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when i was 12 yeah for those of you that don't listen that's 20 years ago yeah <laughs> Old ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like...
2: Making me feel old.
0: <laughs> When I was at Sunday Christian, I can remember my sixth grade teacher, Sunday Christian didn't have a school nurse. So your medications were administered to you by your teacher. Don't right. know how safe that was. So <laughs> now, my teacher... Now that you mentioned it. It was so weird because my teacher would just like, after lunch, right in front of everybody, like, Drake, you need to go take your medicine. Like, Everybody's brains. like, what, what kind of medicine are you on? Mm-hmm. And I just... Casually say Paxil. But as I got yeah. older, everybody's like, bro, you take Paxil? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, now you're looking at me no. differently. Right, right. But nothing because I take <clears throat> Paxil. So I was yeah. like, in in reality, I'm going through some shit as a kid. Yeah. Did you gain weight on Paxil? Yeah, because, dude, we from... pack
2: We call Paxil porksel or
0: fatsel. <laughs> dude, no. from- Paxil,
2: Paxil on the pounds.
0: <laughs> from I'll say from like- you know, as a kid, all the way up till I started Paxil, I was rail thin. Mm-hmm. And then when I started on it, it's like, kind of got a little chubby.
2: Paxil's the one that makes everybody game weight.
0: Like. And then I got off of it. But it's better for anxiety. But it, it helped me. Yeah. And I felt like a zombie as a kid most of the time. Sure. <clears throat> and that's why I don't take it anymore. But, you know, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't really understood when I first started going through it. Yeah. And all I knew is my, my psychiatrist, my therapist understood me like i could tell my mom or my dad how i was feeling and they couldn't really get it Yeah, no.
1: i but think I, that still holds true today like the general population still doesn't understand no. what mental health is
2: and i don't know if that's ever gonna change and, and I, like i said I'm, God, I'm coming here and been real grim but you know it's like i don't know how to make people understand this shit yeah, yeah. and 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 honestly and i was telling somebody today i said you know because they were like, you know, my family just don't understand. I said, honestly, mental health is not something you, you can watch a TV show and understand. You have you to have read it. You've got to
1: deal with uh, yeah, it. You yeah, you have to have an open experience to it, yeah. or at least like somebody very immediately close to you going through Ex- exactly. it.
2: Exactly. So, like for instance, dementia. A lot of people's families have dealt with somebody that's got Alzheimer's or dementia. It's very rarely that you you come up to somebody and say, hey, you know, nobody in my family is demented, but, you know, so those people understand what dementia is because like you said, they've dealt with it firsthand or they've dealt with a family member that has PTSD yeah. and actually side <laughs> note, PTSD can be diagnosed on a patient for something that happened to someone else. So say that your sister got raped and it really upsets you. You can be diagnosed with PTSD for that. People don't know that. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, you know, without people experience it firsthand like that or experience themselves or have a family member that's around them, it's really hard for people to grasp like, what's going on with somebody and why they're depressed or why they're anxious. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think I think if you just went up and took like a general survey of the people and you said, "Hey, what is what do you think of when you hear the word or PTSD?" They would automatically assume like some type of war veteran or something yes. because it's yeah. the stigmatism yes. behind it. Right. A lot of people are ignorant to the fact that PTSD can happen to anyone and everyone.
2: I tell my patients PTSD is all relative. Your traumatic experience can be whatever it is yeah. you get in you, a car crash yeah, and now you have yes.
1: you have ptsd whenever whenever you get behind the wheel yeah, it's because not, you're worried
2: it's not just war i mean you can get attacked by a dog i've got ptsd for the rest of my life because that you know it's it's but again if you haven't experienced it it's really hard to understand it
0: yeah that's like when i started noticing like depression was always there like i just i I wasn't just sad. It was just, I was unmotivated. Sure. And that's one of the things And I didn't want to be around people. I don't like being, I didn't, when I'm going through like a depression fit, I don't want to be around anybody. Yeah. Now that I'm married, I just want to be around my wife. Right. But, because that's my comfort place. Sure. My comfort place before I got married was holding myself up in my room and not talking to anybody. Did I pout and cry? No. I was probably playing FIFA. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being honest. Yeah. But that's a different type of self-medication. Yes. When I noticed my anxiety was one of the first junior tournaments I was playing in, golf tournaments. Got over a putt. I went into a straight panic attack. Started shaking. Couldn't breathe. Had to go sit down for a minute. Yeah. Got up. Guess what? Missed the putt. Shit happens. Okay. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's when, when it started happening on a frequent basis. And all my coaches would be like, you, just, you can't handle the pressure. I was yeah. like, no, 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 no. I was like. I know how I got here and I know how I can maintain it. I was like, it's just something about this moment that sends me into a panic. Right. I was like, it's not that I'm a choke, it's just my anxiety just all the sudden goes up. And you know, somebody it's
2: like, who doesn't have anxiety wouldn't have no idea what that's about. Yeah.
0: Like, when I first started the podcast, every time a guest would walk through my door, even though I could be super tight with them, anxiety sure. through the roof. Yeah. It's like, you know what, people, People are expecting something out of this. Don't screw it up, kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like it's stuff like that. My wedding day was cool as a cucumber. When they were like, "Hey, Drake, uh, it's time." I was like, I'm
2: "About to shit my pants." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's got the depends. Yeah, and it and here is the, the thing though, I crap my pants. It wasn't the getting married part. Yeah. It was the fact of knowing your life's about to change, kid. Yeah, like I've always had a thing with crowds. Like, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. like I was a like I preached yeah and everybody like well you're you're calm up there you don't seem. yeah I was like no no no. you don't understand I died yeah over here on this pew before yeah. I went up on that stage like yeah. I died a little bit yeah <laughs> it was like yeah. clenched my jaws mm-hmm. I just I don't take medicine for it because I came off the antidepressants because it made me feel like a zombie came off any other psych- psychiatric meds because I didn't like the way it made me feel right I'm Like, well you should do something about that like, no
2: well, and that's the big catch 22 in psychiatry um, is because we prescribe medicines that is supposed to help you with depression and anxiety, and it does, but then it has a shitty side effect. Yeah. It either makes you feel zombified and you don't have um, what we call, we have, you have what we call a flat affect where you're just like zombified, or it causes you sexual side effects where you no longer have a libido, or you have what we call anorgasmia where you can, you, you you can Same. do it as long as you want it. and It ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, and so people, if they're like, dude, I was already depressed and you put me on a medicine that, yeah, I feel a little better, but now I can't have an orgasm. Yeah. Yes, I'd rather <laughs> die. You know, it's like, but it's true. It's like, I don't want to take this medicine now because I would rather at least have that part of my life. <laughs> I mean, well i think
1: in that situation you're gonna be depressed no matter what right now you're just choosing your depression
2: right. and that's so what what makes my job so difficult is because i have patients come in and you know most general practitioners see patients every three months six months yada yada you know i see a lot of my patients every two weeks every month because we're making medication changes every time because they'll come back okay well you know i feel a little better but now i don't have any libido well, I feel a little better, but I still can't sleep. Yada, yada, yada. So it's a lot of chasing your tail yeah. in psychiatry. I can't
0: tell you how many times I've changed depression. Meds. Yeah. Before I finally was just like coming off of it. Um, the last thing I tried was, it was more for blood pressure. It was like a beta Enderol, blocker. Enderol.
2: Propranolol. Propranolol. Yeah. yeah. That's for social anxiety. Now, when speaking anxiety,
0: well, see, and that's the crazy thing. That was the only thing that helped me as far as yeah. I, out on the golf course. Like, yeah, if I was going to play golf, guess what? Pop an ender
2: all and get yep. out there.
0: Took, yep. took my propanol and I was good to go. Yep. Never. I could tell when I was wearing off. Right. But that was the only, that was the only thing with me. And then when I finally just came off all of it. And then a few years ago, when a couple of years ago, when CBD became a thing, mm-hmm. Let's give, let's give that a go because i say it kind of seems to help the anxiety and stuff. It's like one dropper a day. Obviously, make sure there's no THC in it. Sure. <clears throat> it kind of dampened the anxiety, especially working in the medical field. Like, you right. know what i'm talking about? Like, yes. buddy, somebody's well-being is in your hands. You can't screw this up.
3: That's just yes.
2: And and that and and so Jeez, that is a whole... You could do a entire podcast on CBD and marijuana. Yeah. Because that is like a very divided subject, especially in the state of Alabama. In my opinion, marijuana has its pros and it has its cons. CBD, same. I mean, CBD is is, is a lot lesser. And I think that... See, I have a lot of patients that, that utilize CBD for anxiety and it seems to work for them. Uh, but like... So marijuana, though can be a gift or it can be a curse because for some people it makes their, it really chills their anxiety and makes them feel great. So, but people who smoke marijuana, you know, yes, it is a good anxiety medication. It can help with pain. Um, Cancer patients can can utilize it if they um, have issues with their um, diet and being able to take in enough food. But then again, marijuana is a very detrimental to people who are schizophrenic Yeah, because if you smoke marijuana and you're schizophrenic, it makes your schizophrenia worse because it makes you paranoid. It makes you psychotic. So it's patient specific. And a lot of times, you know, it's, should it be legalized? Yeah. You know, probably, but should it be regulated? Yes. And that's where the issue lies. Yeah, and so but CBD it'll never
0: be federally legal.
2: No, probably not. Not unless they can make a shit ton of money off. Yeah,
0: it. I, like I said, CBD just it doesn't like make me. What a lot of people don't understand is CBD doesn't make you high. No, no. Like if I take a dropper of CBD, I'm just I'm cool. Like yeah. I'm I'm not high. I don't feel great. I just like I know my anxiety is not ticking. Right, and that's all I know. That's all I understand about it helps me sleep when i can't sleep but a lot of people that like i gotta go smoke a cigarette
2: yeah or vape like i've been doing this (laughs) like
0: (laughs) nicotine addictions are real real. (laughs) people look to (laughs) vices to kind of help their mental health when in reality some vices are good some vices are bad like my vice for my mental health like I said, in the past three months has been the gym. Like, yeah. I've been, I haven't been, I have been in such a good place in a very long time. Yeah. And that's just because whether it's in the morning after work or on my off day, before I even get my day started, yeah, it's the gym. Right. And that's, that's another thing. Like, even with COVID, just take care of yourself. Yes. And physically and mentally. It, since we're talking about the mental aspect, like, a lot of people don't understand. Going out there and lifting something heavy or running until you can't run anymore. Yeah. I want to catch up. That's bro, the hardest running,
1: part. Running is not good. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how far you've ran.
0: You're yeah. a liar. Anybody that claims a runner's high is a liar. That's a lie. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at that as the hardest part of my day. Yeah. I try to say, get motivated to go over here is the hardest part of my day.
2: Well, and, and Joe Rogan, speaking of Joe Rogan, has said that a lot. You know, you know, with and, and you, you make a really good point. Mental health and physical health in general um, can be modulated by how well that you're taking care of yourself. If you're a fat piece of shit and you don't do anything but sit on the couch and eat Cheetos, do you really think that your depression is going to get better? <laughs> no. What if you got up off the couch, get your ass in the gym, get working, get doing things, and like you will feel better. Your body releases endorphins when you do things like that. I mean, dopamine is released when a lot of people work out. They've done studies and found that. Yeah. You know, I love to work out. When I go to work out, I feel good. Now, do I really want to? Am I motivated every time? No. No. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm i like, you know, when I do this, when I'm done, I have that Dopamine. I have that gratification that I just like completed a workout that I maybe or maybe not half-assed did, but I completely really completed yeah. a workout. Yeah. You know, I did some tricep pull downs and I did some, you know, and I and I feel good about myself. The fact that you just feel better by doing it is a really important. Yeah. Um, and like you said, taking care of yourself is so underrated. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying everybody has to go out and, and I'm just saying like eat, you don't even have to change your diet so much. Eat a little better. This is what I call, um, working out when I work out. And when I exercise, I call it trying to do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's all I call it. All right. Well, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to try to do a little better. That's all it ever is. Just try to do a little bit better. Yeah. And, and that's all people need to understand is just try to do a little bit better. Go to the gym, do whichever you got to do better your life and watch and see how much better you feel and how much different you feel as opposed to when you were, you know, sitting on the couch and watching married with children. Yes.
0: But (laughs) what a callback. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But even to play devil's advocate on myself, like, even if it's not going to the gym, doing something that you know is going to exercise, whether it's your mental strength, your physical strength, it don't matter. As long as you're doing something that's productive that you know is good for yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah I try to do that's some what common I call addition take- tables at least once a day just to really
0: challenge the brain, <laughs> you know. There's no better high than that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, doing the podcast, like if I were to skip the gym yep. today and just do the podcast, that's exercising to me. Yep. That, because it's for my mental health. Sure. Mm-hmm doing something you like you're engaging your brain you're actively listening and mm-hmm. communicating yes yeah that's what a lot of people understand is when now i'm doing when i say 12 ounce <laughs> curls too so like something that's good oh, for your God. mental health do something yeah your health is your health yes we'll go ahead and encompass that yes it just take care of yourself
2: that's i mean that is go outside there's your name of the podcast do yeah. Something. I mean, Just don't do call something. it that. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> do something. Yeah. Just get your ass up, and and make and do something every day that is different from your normal, everyday bullshit routine. Yeah. Get up and 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 walk around the house twice. Do ten push-ups, yeah. and once you do that, two or three times. Oh, okay. I did ten. I can do 20 today, you know, and, yeah. and and you'll eventually move forward in all of that. Yeah, And then you'll go and then you'll get on um, testosterone and then you'll get on um, debuff <laughs> and you'll start doing bodybuilding shows and you'll be a beast. That's, that's exactly what will happen. That's yes, that's the natural progression. You will look just like Arnold Schwarzenegger if you do 10 pushups a day and do drugs.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> but, you know, even on days like I feel like uh, I don't feel like going to the gym. I still try to find something productive to do. Like, quarantine, I've been fishing quite a bit. Guess what? Nobody bothers me out there. I'm walking. I'm carrying around a 25-plus pound backpack full of lures because I'm a pack rat. (laughs) Carrying around, I think, is ridiculous. (laughs) It's It's heavier than it ever should have been. (laughs) Stocked up over a while. Those rattle traps get heavy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, rattle trap and a whole upper layer of soft plastics and four <laughs> trays of. All you need is purple worm. Hey, thank you. June bug.
2: See, somebody else just <laughs> me.
0: Shane, I started. Before Shane caught up with me on our last fishing trip when I was whooping his ass, he said, What color are you using? I said, June bug. You want one? I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, it, is it Katapa, Kataga, yeah,
2: whatever? Catawpa. It's like, Yeah, I'm
0: Katapa worm. They're
2: falling out of the trees right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> they work. But, I mean, like, even then, like, going through my honey hole that location undisclosed and just fishing all day
3: yeah
1: i
0: had to think if undisclosed was the right word <laughs> <laughs> like, i feel wait, better when i do that like my my day's better like i could skip the gym and go do that No, yeah i'm fine that's what mental health is our generation talks about it easier it's easier for us to talk about it yeah, that's what... That, Our prior, the prior generations were like, that's well, I just sucked it up. I was like, no, you didn't. You probably yeah, fu- wallowed true. in yeah, yourself no, You had for days. Yeah, you yes. had some
2: kind of vice you were leaning yeah. into. You were... F- <laughs> you were an asshole, you know, and you probably could have been better, but you... And that's okay. Well, I say that, like generations are different yeah. and i get it so time's the changed. older generation yes times change and the older generations you're right our 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 generation is much more um understanding as far as mental health and especially with things that happen in the news you know you have like these mass shootings and things like oh mental health big deal you know but the older generation yeah they didn't they they powered through things that and i wonder sometimes to myself they powered through it did they have to if they would have had the options that Mm -hmm. I have now, would they have had to deal with it the way they had to deal with, or would they have been um, just the same as they are? Now, to be honest with you, I say this, most of them are pretty damn good. You know, you meet some of the older generation before generation X, you got the baby boomers, you meet most of those folks, and they are pretty wise. So honestly, whatever they were doing at that time must have been worth something yeah. without Paxel, guess what they got out and did something and that, yeah. and that's and, and and that's where we get to that's so they were doing something at yeah. that time because they didn't have a friggin phone in their hand mm-hmm. they didn't have an iPad they, they weren't watching TV they yeah. were out doing things they didn't they have the interacting, connectivity interacting yeah okay so you talked about quarantine. Here's the big problem, and when and you mentioned this earlier. So here's how COVID ties into this whole mental health problem. And I, I did a um, a piece with Daily Mountain Eagle about this, and I need to do an update. So how does COVID tie into mental health? Lockdowns are the worst idea you could ever have in your life. Yeah. Look at have y'all seen anything that's going in going on in Australia right now? Yeah, yeah. What the f- Like Australia is an absolute dystopian nightmare. 1984. It's crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like when you lock down everyone and say, you can't go out, you can't interact, you can't go to church, you can't worship, you can't stand six feet from someone, you can't go to the grocery store, XYZ. You're destroying interaction. Mm-hmm. And 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 with the baby boomers, they didn't have medication like this. They didn't have Prozac. Yeah. They had interaction. They had camaraderie. Look at the guys in World War II that come back and say, Hey, you know, you talk to talk to somebody that was in World War II. And the amount of wisdom you will get from that person is astounding. Yeah. Why? He, I'm, I can guarantee you wasn't on Prozac. I, I, what I guarantee you he was is he he sat with a dude and they talked and they got to know each other and they dealt with things and they worked things out. He sat with his wife every night. They didn't turn the radio on. They didn't turn the TV on. They weren't scrolling through TikTok. <laughs> they were talking. Yeah. yeah. And and so when you shut down everything, Kay whoever the else is listed, it... <laughs> When you shut down everything, you're destroying people's mental health with that. Yeah. And and the WHO proved that shutdowns don't work. COVID spread anyway. So that was a big useless waste of time that caused people extreme mental health problems for nothing. It did nothing to stop COVID. It did nothing to stop the spread. And Australia's proven that now. So that's how COVID ties in with all this. Is is so I mean, God, suicides have shot up like 70%. Seventy percent. It's because people are by themselves and they're isolated. And you have made an excellent point. You know, when you are depressed and you don't feel good and you don't want to do that, you isolate from yourself or you isolate from everybody else. And what you need to be doing is surrounding yourself with people who can help you. Yeah. That's better than any other medicine you can ever have in your life. This we're having right now is therapeutic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. Pass the and,
0: jars, now therapy sessions. Yes. so and, oh, That's what I've been treating it as <laughs> since I came
2: home. Both, you both owe me $600. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know. Appreciate You so, take an IOU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can bend on me. Um, so, but it's true. Yeah. Like, what we're doing is therapeutic. Like, I guarantee you when we're done, you'll be in a good good mood. Yep. I'll be in a good mood. I, not just because I'm drinking beer. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But that's because
2: a, I'm in a good mood. Because we've we've had a great conversation and we're talking and we're interacting but you take that away from an entire society of the entire United States and tell people don't even get within six feet of each other.
1: Yeah. The worst thing you can do to a, a mental health patient is say,
2: I stay in your room. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and that's why like an in inpatient psych, we tell them we make them come out of the room mm-hmm. and people are like, why do you do that? Because they need to be out in talking with people and interacting with other people. Yeah. And when you, When you take that away from somebody and you you isolate them quickly that way, then you are setting them up for failure. Mm -hmm.
1: You leave them with nothing but the dark thoughts that they were trying to go get help for. So when
2: you're by yourself, when you're laying down in bed, your wife's asleep next to you, but you're still awake. Every thought of the day of everything that you needed to do or did wrong or did whatever, it's never for some reason, it's never what I did right yeah, the whole time. It's always it's almost on like, that. "God damn it!" You know what? I I should have rolled the trash can out there and I didn't. Yeah. Do it. You no. know, or you know, or you know, or you're thinking of like random things like, "So how do blind people know when to stop wiping?" Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: M- mine's typically <laughs> yeah, podcast. Sniff test. Like, how do the Snip test? I've I've, I've concluded test? it's got to be a sniff okay. test. Yeah, it's got to be. Mine, <laughs> so, mine's podcast. So I like a, yeah like I'll roll over and just type a type in my notes like. The idea I have, because I know I'm going to forget it when I yeah, wake up.
2: Yeah, right. But when you're laying there and you're looking at the scenery, you're like, you're probably thinking, it's never positive. I don't know why. Yeah. But you're like, jeez, you know what, I fucked that up today. Like when yeah. I'm laying down in bed tonight, when I'm you know what? He's going to have to do a lot of editing because I said the <laughs> F word a lot. Yep. And he's going to have a hard time, and that's going to take him a long time. And he's going to be like, I'm never bringing this dude on here again because he cusses too much. And and that's going to be my thought. But, but I say all that to say, when you're by yourself, that's where your thoughts go mm-hmm. your thoughts go to
3: the I darkest don't know why, places. but it's negative mm-hmm. yeah
2: and it shouldn't be but it is and so isolate everybody and s- it's gonna be negative
1: i'm a big proponent of the youtube wormhole though because <laughs> a lot of times when i find myself oh my God, falling down like and yeah. i'm like God, did you screw this up like why did you do that you should have done this i'll just slide the phone open go yeah. to youtube and I'll start on the homepage and be like, yep, that looks interesting. <laughs> oh, it's 12 minutes long? Cool, I'm going to get lost in that. And then four hours later, I'm like, oh, you probably should have took a nap before you yeah. go to work. So yeah, well, like,
2: don't get started on any type of like coast-to-coast style stuff. Like, don't don't get started on UFOs and mysteries like that. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm like, holy thrive shit. Thrive in
0: this. <laughs> yeah. I, that's my bread and butter. <laughs> See, I, yeah. I told my boss when I tested positive, I was like, I can't do another 10 days of this. Yeah. I was like, I can't. I was like, I am go, go, go. I was like, because it's good for me to be go, go, go. And I was like, do I sleep better? Probably, <laughs> but I I can't stop.
2: At what expense?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's like what? because now it's like I I didn't touch my I haven't touched my Xbox in months. Quarantine. Guess what? I had to do that just to keep my brain active. Like, that's, that's what kept my brain active. Because, obviously, I couldn't do podcasts. Can't have you in my house. I could probably do Zoom, but I hate the quality.
2: <laughs> yeah. Unless you choose one of those cool green screen backgrounds. Yeah.
0: People, I mean, people do, like, good quality podcasts, but I was like, that's not me. I was like, I like my guests being in the room with me. Right. More organic.
2: There is nothing better than organic um, face-to-face kind of like, okay, doctor, I have this, this, and this shit going on, and he'll be like... Okay, whatever. Here's your script for whatever in here. And I'm about to charge you $80. And the reason why I say that is because what you have to deal with, you kind of cope by being very cynical and being very rude and Mm -hmm. awful. And so like, if you meet psych people, they are going to be that way. And we tell a lot of new people who are newly into psych or new nurses and stuff like, if you've got thin skin, You ain't going to make it. Yeah. Somebody's going to make fun of you. Like before I go to work every morning, I stand in the, in the, um, in the closet and go, okay, what's going to be said about my outfit today? (laughs) Like, what are they going to say about my hair today? What am I opening myself up to? Yes. How am I going to be lambasted today? Yeah. (laughs) But it's because you deal like you're going to, you're about to go in a room with somebody who's going to tell you that their husband just died. Yeah. So... You need comedy. And, and when we were talking about doing this podcast, I told you, I was like, I don't want to come on there if we're going to be all serious about mental health and talk about, you know, and be like the priest Kumbaya. on the other side of the wall. Yeah. I want to be real because this is how psych people are. So, you know, when people listen to this and they go, Jesus Christ, you know, this is how this is how it is. This is the real psych people psychiatrists will tell you psychiatry when psych nurses listen to this, they will be rooting up, throwing their <laughs> hands up, you know, yes, 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 that's me. But that's how we are. Because when you have to deal with what you got to hear every day, you will get cynical. You, you'll have to have, there's an element of humor. And that's one of the biggest things that I, I push is that don't take yourself so f- seriously. Yeah. Like if you, are depressed if you're anxious like and you and sometimes it's a coping mechanism but like humor is so important yeah like don't just think like i'm just gonna sit here and be sad or whatever hey look i can make fun of myself and i can deal with it and no no one i'm telling you and i say this and this and i mean it no one you cannot offend me I've been in psych a long time. You can't say anything to me that I won't laugh about and probably make another joke about myself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of how you need to be if you're going to be in this field because if you're not, you are going to get eaten alive Yeah, because people are going to be mean to you, Mm -hmm.
0: patients and staff. Oh, buddy. Sleep patients. They're mean most of the time. You get some, they're nice, but the older older crew typically tend to be mean. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay... Let's suck it up. Let's just go in here and get this over with. Yeah. But, you know, going back to the connectivity thing, like I text Shane. uh, I can't. It was on a Saturday. Football was on, luckily. I text Shane and I was like, dude, I was like, I am going to lose my shit because I can't be around people. He's like, what time you want me to come over? We'll sit apart. Yeah. I was like, that's a friend if I ain't ever had one. Yeah. So, two hours later. (laughs) He shows up. We sit outside drinking beer, watching football through my window because I got big windows that you can see my TV. So we're just sitting outside, six feet apart because obviously didn't want to get him sick. <clears throat> and next thing you know, it's like 1 in the morning. Like we were Sweet. watching West Coast football games. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how late we got. Yeah. I was like, past right after dark, watching, baby. Yeah. You're
2: watching West Coast yeah. football. Yeah. But well, I mean what even is that? I
0: can't even remember it's like a shit just, show. It's an absolute shit <laughs> yeah, show. That's what <laughs> it is. No. It's it's the purest form of comedy. Yes. Yeah. It's high school football. But it was it was good for me because like I couldn't just it was before I knew I had it. I couldn't just go in there and sit with my wife because I didn't I was like, I don't want to get it. Yeah. So we sat through hours and beers and just talking. I was like that one night carried me through the next few days. It's therapy. Yeah, that's that's, that's what we need. Right is and a lot of people don't understand. It's like when I used to go through my depression fits and just sit around and wallow and think too much. I was like, now that I'm older and have kind of figured out, my therapy is actually just being around my friends. That's what I was gonna, being so that's another
1: wife. stigma too. They're like you hear therapy and you think, oh, you know, twelve people sitting in a room, yeah. metal chairs in a circle. Yeah. Not the case. No, no. Yeah, you no. could you could have therapy with one of your close friends exactly. just at
2: your house bullshitting. Therapy is whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Therapy is fishing. Yeah. yeah. Therapy is hanging out with somebody and drinking beer till two a.m. Therapy is, you know, spending time with your wife
0: yeah. and your kids. Oh, dude, I did not
1: go have, for a drive. <laughs> go for a drive. Shit, you, roll yeah. the windows down. Yes. Turn the radio
0: up. I did not have a depression episode. From the time I was married until my mom died. And I attribute all of that to my wife. Yeah. Because being with her, that's my life. Right. That makes me happy. Yeah. Whether we're watching Netflix, going for a drive, because that's our thing. We like, like when we both were like, hey, we're out of quarantine. First thing we did, she came out of the living room. I was like, let's not even turn the TV on. Let's just go for a drive. We went for a drive. Whether it's just, it's making a loop, going through Curry, cutting back across Mm -hmm. through
2: you mean y'all didn't drop through Empire?
0: We go to Empire to Nostalgia. fish Nostalgia. at Nostalgia. undisclosed yeah. locations. <laughs> yeah, went to old Empire School. Hey, now, I, I tried R. to R. show- R.I.P. Simpson, by the way. God, that place is Jeez, terrible. man. Side note before I carry on. I did try to go show her the old Empire School, and yeah. I was so grown up, I was like, okay, yeah. you can't even see it anymore. And you have to drive through the sketchiest- Dude, part ever. I used to drive through that every day. True. Same. True. Yeah, so it's it's only sketchy to people. Empire's like not sketchy to me. Empire's home. True. The blue store, you were there. I was there. Let's was buy saying. the blue there, store. There we go. That's what I'm getting at. Here yeah. we Empire Empire's home to me. Like yeah. Now there's some parts where it's like, damn, that sucks. Like driving past houses that used to be nice and now sure. they're run down. But that's the same with any rural community, especially um, pretty much in Walker County. Hey, Sipsy just got a new trailer park. So what's your mouth? Hey, yeah. I mean, the old guard, the old guard dies out. The people that move into these houses probably don't give as much of a shit. True. And it goes, it goes to shit.
2: We're going <clears> to <throat> go back to your baby boomers and your next
0: generation. Yeah. Like that's just that's how it is, and that's why you see bigger cities never really change, because it's always a res- it's a respect thing. When you grow up in the middle of nowhere. You kind of grow up thinking, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You grow up thinking, hmm, I don't want to be here. I'm probably going to be stuck here. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's going like we always hit on Walker County for a minute. Somebody, some person posted in a Walker County group thinking about moving here. And 50% of the comments were, hey, there's some parts of Walker County that's really good and it's growing. And then you have the people, don't move here. We ain't got a movie theater. Don't. Don't. Still still don't understand
1: the hang-up on the movie yeah, theater. I was mean. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> if you like, wasn't supporting the Cobb 4 when it was here, I don't want to hear you talking about us not having yes. a movie theater, all right? If, if, if you was going have, to Birmingham yes. every Friday, Saturday to watch your movies because you didn't want to go to the Cobb 4 yes. because of the people there, don't complain about not having you know a movie theater. I don't know go to the pod floor
0: because the floors are sticky and the door greeter's you creepy. took the okay, right out well, I don't, what pisses me off the what, worst? Guess what? They're playing the same movie.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm watching Shrek 2 there. Shut up. You know, <laughs> Like, what pisses me off the worst is that, or pisses me off the worst is that people, this is what you always hear. Well, i tell you what. You know, Jasper ain't growing. But you know Coleman, it is. Yeah, Coleman's got everything. They got a water park, but I'm like, you know, don't shit on your town so much. Yeah, and talk <clears> about the good stuff that about it because Walker County is awesome.
3: Yeah, As it you is. You can see, Bam. like, we I top. have
2: Walker County on my arm here. This is people can't see it, but I have 64 <laughs> on it. my arm in the in the Walker County sign. But I'm proud of where I'm from. Yeah. Like, and you should be like, you, there's some stupid shit about Walker County. Yeah. Like, there's Mm -hmm. some stuff that we, we talked about myth earlier. We talked about, there's some stuff about Walker County that, you know, eh, okay, yeah, that's not our, our, our claim to fame. But there is some stuff. And that's why this podcast is like the shit. And when y'all first came out with it, I was like, oh my God, yes, somebody is, you know, talking about Walker County in a positive light. Yeah. Because, Mm -hmm. Almost everything else is negative if you see it in the news or if you talk to anybody about it. Everybody's like, I can't wait to get out of there, boy. Why?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it. So, I, that's a lot the- of the things you hear about Walker County, like you said, it's the negative stuff. But now
0: we will stroll down the positives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I always ask when I hear somebody talking negatively about Walker County, is was like, have you ever lived outside of here? You know what? what you Most of the time, to? people talking shit about it are a no. Listen,
1: the and you can ask Cortland, you can ask her parents, my parent, like anybody that came and visited us when we were in Louisiana. I was like, I can't believe how many similarities I'm finding here to home. Mm-hmm. That was the weirdest part about being away from me. Was like anywhere I went was like, oh, well we we actually had this back home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, dude, what, when I lived is, in when I lived in Cleveland, Tennessee. Everybody was like, "Now over here, you probably don't want to go." Yeah. So I drove through. I was like, "Oh, this is Empire." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the York yeah. of Cleveland. I was yeah. like, <laughs> "Exactly." What, what's so bad about it? Yeah. Like, oh, you should, oh, you'll you'll get in trouble. And I was like, "Why?" You don't understand. That's metaphorically that's where I grew up. Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah, y'all won't get this, but you ever been out to Lake
1: Charles? It's beautiful. Go out there, and I'm like, dude, Smith Lake is shitting on this. Like, <laughs> yes. this doesn't hold a candle to yeah. Smith Lake. What are y'all talking about? And- Come back to Walker it, County real quick. Let me show yeah. you something.
2: Well, it, and and the thing is, is that with all that, like you go to Lake Charles, you go to the parts of, you know, those areas that are shitty in another town. You go, you come back to Walker County and you go, damn, you know what? This is a pretty pristine yeah. little area, but compared to some of what I thought, that was really terrible.
0: And I'm just sitting there and I text Shane. I was like, buddy, I really want to catch some bodies on this threat because I easily can. Yeah. And I was... Have you ever lived outside of here? Probably going to get a no if you think Walker County really, really yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. Probably going to get a no. Guess what? Everywhere has a generalized area of that place that sucks. Sure. Guess what? I'll, they're like, oh no, move to Fultondale or move to Coleman or move to Huntsville. I'm like, did you realize how overpopulated these places are already are because everybody thought that was the hot spots to move to?
1: You yeah, I had to what? go out to Booth same- Martin this weekend and I can tell you right now, I will one hundred percent for short never live in Trustful. <laughs> oh dude. I, uh, I you- it took me fifteen minutes to get out of the gas station parking lot across the highway yeah. to like the way I need to be what, going.
0: Though? All these people are gripping about it. If you want to leave Walker County, please leave and I will take my quaint little area yes. just and, the way it
2: is. Do y'all whenever you go to Birmingham? Like I tell I tell my fiance this all the time. Every time it's like a dad thing, it's like Man, I'm glad we don't live out here. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Shit, look at this traffic. But it's like every it's time you deal with that, and like trustful and stuff, like, it makes me have extreme anxiety too, yeah. because I'm like, I, I couldn't deal with this I was literally day.
1: sitting there one foot on the brake, left foot just sitting there twitching like, can I make that squeeze?
0: No, I, I'm just going to wait. When I worked shit. at Coleman, I got to go. When I worked at Coleman Regional and they built that new Walmart on 157, I was yep. like, there's literally a Walmart three miles away. I was like, it is Population. literally you cut down thirty one and it's right there. Yeah. And some of the people that lived in Coleman were like, no, no, you don't understand that Walmart's too overcrowded. And I was like, because Coleman's overcrowded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, nothing against Coleman. I like Coleman. Yeah. But I love Walker County.
2: Well oh, and the thing is is that, you know, like you said Coleman, <clears throat> that's this. That's the the big thing that I always hear. I look at this. I look at the Facebook threads, I, and I get my popcorn out, and I love to read yeah. like Daily Mountain Eagle comments. and shit. Yeah. fantastic. It, gets, it gets golden. I love it. So, but I, you know, that's the comment. They're like, if Co-, say Coleman's doing it, and you know, we that's what they sound like. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's no the doubt. that's yeah. the voice. No. Um, you know, Coleman's doing it. Why can't we? You know, we're a shit town, but it's like, yeah, but okay. Are we really, though? Mm-hmm. Like, look at, compare yourself to parts that you, like you said, you ain't never been out of Walker County. You don't know what you're talking about. Walker County is fantastic if you would just broaden your horizons and get out of the area and look at some other areas and go, you know what? I ain't got it by so bad.
0: Where yeah,
1: compared at. to New York City, Walker County just really don't have a lot. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're right, bud. Congrats.
0: Yeah. No, but take it, Rock the
1: South out of Coleman and guess what
0: suck that's right it's it's, it's Fultondale racist. it's Fultondale it's 40 miles away from Fultondale there yeah. you
2: go <laughs> yeah I mean really yeah but, I mean it's, it's Fultondale's little
0: it's a miniature Huntsville stepsister. that's 50 miles away from Huntsville mm-hmm. yeah it's like you know like all these places yeah but get, Huntsville has breweries bro so do we. So do so we. Do we. Yeah. Exactly. That's we what I'm saying. We got yeah, two kick ass We got two kick ass and a kick ass beer store. Hell yeah, and they're Come awesome. at me, bro. Yes. I will support all of them Jokers till I die. Yeah. I will die on that hill. Okay. that's the thing. People have Jasper, bring that up. You know what? Never frequent them. You know what the hot thing is now? Axe throwing. Guess what? Jasper has an axe throwing hey, place. We got now. an
2: axe throwing place. And the thing is, too, it's like you meet. <laughs> but like when you go to um, Huntsville. And go to the breweries and you meet people that are there that are like stuck up assholes and they got
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: there <laughs> we go. And you meet these people and they're like, you know, I've got my IPA here, bro. Who are you from Walker County? Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? And, but you go to a brewery in Walker County, you go to Tallulah or you go to Twisted Barley and you meet somebody and you're like, Hey, what the fuck's up? Yeah. yeah. You know, and y'all start talking and it's it is like, genuine conversation yes. with everyone in there. Like. We have something in Walker County that other counties don't have. We have a certain I don't know. It's,
3: it's one, true one day I find the word.
2: True. We have just this relationship with each other in this county where when you go and meet somewhere with somebody, you can talk to anybody and you can do it and it and you're not
1: And if you catch somebody that's passing through, one of the things that'll like jump out to them is like, Hey, you know, where where are you from? Oh, we're from you know Bump. Mississippi, headed to this place. You're like, oh, okay, well, glad to have you here, blah, 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 blah. Well, now that's something they carry with them, and now, yep. like, say they stop in Birmingham, or, you know, they're sleeping in Birmingham for the yep. night, headed to wherever they're headed. Will they go down to uh, good people or something? Guess what? You're not meeting the same type of
2: people. No, no. N- oh, hell no. Good people I've made one that. of the
1: worst transitions of all time.
2: From <laughs> You couldn't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. made a more black and white transition. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, uh, you go in Twisted Barley, and then you go to good people, or you go to Avondale Brewery, you are meeting two... Totally separate, mm-hmm. yeah. different people. And I'm probably alienating a lot of your Birmingham audience. I <laughs> well, no. Who gives
1: if, a shit? If you don't know it's true, then yeah. take your
2: blinders off. And we went to Who a, cares now?
0: Wheels are off. We went to a brewery. Uh, I'm not going to call it out by name, but we went to a brewery. And, I, and I, I remember telling Shane distinctly, I was like, it's just, it ain't home. I was like, I couldn't yeah. come to this brewery every Thursday or Friday night. And feel like I'm going to have a conversation with the same person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I went, I went to going? a few. and yeah.
1: tr- Like the towards the end of the time that I was in Louisiana, brewery started popping up in downtown Shreveport, where the bar scene was normally, you know, the happening. Yeah. Spots on a Friday, Saturday night, brewery started to make their come up. I knew old good people when like it first started, so I was like, all right, well, I know where a brewery starts out as. The one so we got kicked yeah. out of. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I want to see this, and I went in there. And it was instantly just clicks. Yeah. You had certain groups over here. certain gr- And you could walk in and see it. Right. And it was
3: like, oh,
2: ah. Yeah. Beer is good, but I
3: can't yeah. hang out yeah.
2: here. This is not my vibe.
3: hmm Yeah.
0: Community makes the beer taste better.
2: Facts. Uh, yep. And then you circle all the way back around that we've done the last 30 minutes to <laughs> quarantine. Yep. I think that's where this started. It is. Maybe. I don't know. Don't know. Another
1: strong. I remember saying that the worst thing you can do to someone who's going through a mental health crisis is seclude them to themselves. Yeah.
2: I know, well, and this and then another strong subject in mental health is ADD, which I am. And that's why we have been Facts. off on so many, ta- so many <laughs> tangents. Yep. Um, we call this um, loose associations <laughs> in psychiatry. Um I will break off on a tangent in a minute, and then uh, my doctor said I got somehow. eighty of them
1: bitches. Yeah, I don't know what HD <laughs> I is. I saw that and I laughed. My, that's one of the best audios yeah. TikTok has produced. I don't know
2: what it is, but I got eighty of
1: them. <laughs> I don't know what HD is, but the doctor just called and I got eighty of them. Some bitches. <laughs> so
2: good. But you know what? Like that's me. And but you know what? That's the that is the um, gold about this, is that you know. We're talking about mental health, but we're breaking off in other tangents or whatever. But you know what? That's mental health yeah. exactly. The if we that's a therapy
1: session right there.
2: Speak truth, brother. If we were if we didn't talk if I didn't say shit about anything mental health whatsoever, and we just talked shit this whole time, and we just talked about whatever we wanted to talk about, it, we're still doing mental health. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. We are still having the camaraderie that we need. We're not. Social distance. I can reach over and touch either one of you. Oh my god, you're gonna get COVID. You know, like yeah. we're still there, and that's okay. So that if if no one takes anything else away from that, sit down with your freaking friends today. Yeah, and I say, hey, look, I didn't cuss there. I'm I'm making I'm making, I'm making Thank progress. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm making your job. <laughs> These either. are
0: really hard. I'm making your job. <laughs> <laughs> so much she easier. said, hey,
2: <laughs> but you know, like I. T- Sit down with your friends. Sit down with your mom and dad. Sit down with whoever it is in your life that you want to, and just turn the freaking TV off and like enjoy each other's company and eat together yeah. and like talk about what you're eating and and spend time and talk about each other's day. How and y'all can probably vouch for this, but how often when you walk in from from work, and it's different people have different shifts, but when you walk in and you see your wife, like how often do you say? How was your day? What'd you do today? It's usually like, Hey, get this, you know, whatever, whatever. Hey, we need this. The kids are this, whatever. The kids are running up to you. And I get it. It's the busyness of life, but stop and say, Hey, how'd your day go? Yeah. Everything good. Like my fiance is. So shout out to her. She's wonderful. She, every day we have a, um, a tradition and we've had this since we've been together. First thing in the morning, I, I, as soon as I wake up, it's habit. I'm texting her, you know, whatever. Good morning, I love you. Whatever. She t- we tell each other good night every night. Halfway through the day, how's work? How'd you sleep last night? You know, those type of things may maybe they may seem minuscule, or they may seem like they're not important, but they are very important. Absolutely, Like, you don't realize how important it is just to, like, have simple, basic conversation with somebody every day. And that's why the most isolated people in the world are the most depressed people. Yeah. And why is it that when we get depressed, we want to isolate? I don't know. I'll never be able to explain that. Yeah, if
1: we could crack that code, yeah. then we would blow mental health wide open. Sure,
2: because yeah. if you think about it, you're like, what's the cure for this depression? Go well, on and go to f- Twisted Barley with your buddies and, and have a good time. You won't be depressed by the end of the night. I promise. Well,
1: maybe that's the thing. Well, no, well, don't don't well you it. might be. I don't know. <laughs> once, once that last call hits, you get a little sad. Yeah. But maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thought or the thing behind it is so many people that suffer with mental health that are afraid to take that step of reaching out to somebody. They think they have to suffer in silence. Right. Maybe that's what keeps this cycle going. And hopefully now with our generation as open as we are about mental health, we can get it to a point where mental health becomes, you know, just like anything, any other. It should. I went to the heart doctor. Or yeah, exactly. Went, yeah.
2: And it's nothing different. Like I tell my patients too, like you go to the heart doctor to get heart medicine. If you have high blood pressure, you go to the um, endocrinologist, endocrinologist if you need diabetes medicine. What's the difference between going to, there's some disconnect with psychiatry. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, that's not really a doctor, you know, but truly, you know, the, if I have to say anything, like it's just, if you're not, okay. So if you're listening and you don't want to take psychiatric medications because you don't agree with medications, you don't want to put medication in your body. I understand that. You don't want to go to therapy because, hey, I've got a busy job. I got to deal with shit. I don't have time to go sit on and talk to a therapist. So you want to feel better. You're depressed. You're anxious. Talk to somebody because I promise you, and I can make this promise with 100% confidence. I promise you that when you talk to somebody, somebody's going to go, oh, really? Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the number one most important thing. You think you're alone and you're not. You're not alone. This shit is, everybody's dealing with it. Everybody's got something that they're having problems with in their life. They can relate to you. And the thing is, is that like like we said, when we isolate with depression, everybody has something they're dealing with. And we all think we're the only one. We all think no one else is on the planet but me. I'm the only one that's depressed. No one else is dealing with any of the problems I'm dealing with. When in fact, there is somebody probably really close to you that needs what you need. And it's going, I have no one to talk to. You guys intersect. All it takes is just
1: that one communication back and forth.
2: Exactly. And that's the most therapeutic thing. And after that night, you, you could be thinking about suicide. Talk to your friend about that shit that night. And it's like, yeah. You know what? I got something to live with. Mm-hmm. If And if that makes a difference, by God, then that's the, the best thing is be better than any medicine you can ever take.
0: Two of the lessons I've learned, uh, especially since, since I've been married, is I always have somebody to talk to and to not be ashamed to talk to somebody about it. Because when I was first married, like I thought I had to, like if I was saved I'm, like a bad anxiety day or something, I had to like, thought I had to put it away and Be strong for my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Whatever. That's another shitty stigmatism about like just males in general. Yes. And then I used to text, like we got got a primary group of just us and our two other best friends, and then we've got like this big group. That you're adding (coughs) me to now. (laughs) I'd text Shane as well. Like, hey, I was like, uh I'm I'm just gonna leave the group for a little bit. I'll let you know when I add back in. first thing Shane would be like, why? He wouldn't be like, Why or yeah, what's what's going yeah, on? Why why are you leaving the group? would be like, "You good?" Yeah, right, oh, right. Well, No, nope, going through some shit, bud. Yeah, it was like, I just I just want to go away yeah. for a little bit, yeah. week or two, passed by, and whoop, hey, throw me back in. <laughs> yeah, but that was the thing it was between Shane and two of our other friends and my wife. I was like, you know what? I I don't have to shelf this like I used to. Yeah, right. I've got a
1: supporting cast.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now, like, going back to the do-something thing, I don't experience... I understand people go through shit all every day. Every hour of every day. But constantly doing something is medicine. Mm-hmm. And no I doubt. think, you know, some people have the battles that they, they need medication for. Right. And that's totally understandable. Sure. But it's... As long as you know you've got a good group of people behind you that you can talk to if you, if that's a therapist. Cool. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are missing out on these days because we're so entrenched in bad news. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You open up Facebook, bad news. That's all the news you get, though. If you try to go on
2: social media while you feel bad, you will feel worse. Yeah. And you made a really good point just now. Because you said you talked to your wife. Like if you're married, even if you're not, if you've got a girlfriend, you got a fiance. I have a fiance. Um, can't wait to marry this person. And the reason being, and a lot of guys don't get this. And if you, dude, get off your manly high horse, mm-hmm. your wife is the first one. Yeah, that's the and rock. I'll say that. Do not go to your friend. Do don't go. And I'm I'm not saying don't go to your friend at all. But your wife is there with you, living with you every day. That is your person that you are bonded with. Like they are yours, mm-hmm. and you are theirs. She wants to help you. Yeah. No one. She, she wants to help
0: you. When I felt like my mental health was affecting my marriage, I didn't. I talked to her about it. Like, yeah. hey, I don't feel i fucking being the best. House. I called this son of a bitch right over here. Right. I was like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and you may need to talk to your friend before you talk to your wife because, you know, make or break issues, but, you know so I've had patients before tell me you know, this manly macho thing of, you know, uh, know, I don't cry I don't show him any emotion, I'm a man you know, and I say "Mm, you know what, have you ever read the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept
3: Mm -hmm. are
2: you saying Jesus wasn't a man?
3: Yeah.
2: And they go "Uh, okay, all right, well you got me there But it's a good point. Like, dude, cry. Like, get it out. Deal with it. Talk to somebody. Talk to your friend. Talk to your wife. But your wife's a really important person because that is the person that you chose to spend every single day with. Like, my fiance is the person that I go to. She is my rock. Like you said, she is my rock. I am, if I want to talk to something about somebody, like, if I am dealing with some shit, I want to sit down with her and, and nine times out of 10, I'm going to feel much better when we get up and done. And I think a lot of people just forget that like, you know, your spouse is there for you to talk to you and don't neglect that relationship. Like they are, your probably a better therapist than you can ever deal with in your life. And they want to help you. And you just don't realize that you're wasting a resource. If you don't Yeah, talk to your spouse,
0: that was perfectly put. You know,
2: i know i rehearsed
0: it <laughs> he had that typed in his notes on apple i just read it all yeah. <laughs> i mean like i knew when i felt the sense of she didn't view me as weak when i was like hey. right especially after my mom died where yeah buddy i don't know if you ever lost a parent when you lose a parent that's hard that sends you down a hard spot and <clears throat> it was at our old house and one of the back bedrooms looked out over our pasture she walked into work one day, or walked in from work one day. I'm sitting in that back room staring at the pastor, just f- losing my mind. Just crying. She just sat down with me. She didn't say, Hey, let's try to work through this. No. Yeah. She let me just let it out. Yeah. Sometimes that's best. That's that's And what when they understand mean. that about you, that's when you know you've got the right person. Right. A therapeutic cry? One of the best feelings <laughs> in the world. Oh <laughs> You ain't kidding. Dude, when I had a dog <clears throat> it got parvo and I was trying to take care of it until I get to the vet. The next day. And it obviously died that night. Dude, I was crying. Like, yeah. I was like, I was super sad. My dad, like, he didn't say, Oh, stop crying. It's just a dog. Well, my dad mm-hmm. hugged me. He's like, I know what it meant to you. Just let it out. Hey,
3: but
0: and now but like, another part parvo. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm going to
1: flex real quick. Me and my cousin saved his dog <laughs> that had parvo. I don't know if you tried it or not, but just for future reference, if you have a dog with parvo, we loaded baloney. Antibiotics and Gatorade and just force fed, force fed, force fed. I mean, like, at some points, I'm not going to lie, we might have tampered on animal or uh, towed the line on animal cruelty because, like, he was having to lay on her while, like, I'm just trying to shove
0: bologna and Gatorade down her throat. And so even going through like that with, like, Shane knows how close, like, how much I love my dog now. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that's why I bring it up. Just in case, that is. But you made a
2: fantastic point. Your dad. Your dad was like, you know, no, I'm You're a bitch. Forget over the dog. No, your dad like sat down with you and was like, "Hey, buddy, you know, I love you. You know, and was there for you." That's another thing. So I talked about wives, parents. Mm -hmm. Like, shit. I've got two kids, and I have um, two fixing to be step kids. I love these kids with everything I have. Um, if any of them was going through some shit, the last thing you want to do is make them feel like they're less because they're upset, or no. make them feel like that they're because you know that's an old that's kind of a cliche thing of all oh, suck it up. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we're talking about TikTok. You've seen the TikTok? It's like you depressed? Go depress these dishes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's
0: funny, but like that'll f- somebody up and. You know, talking about parents, my mom was my go-to. So when I lost my mom, when I lost my mom, I lost that outlet, and I think that's what wrecked me. Obviously, losing your mom sucked, but when I know I lost that outlet that I could go talk to and cry to, and not feel ashamed about how I felt, Mm -hmm. that that'll rock your world. Oh, I mean, no doubt, and
2: and I'm sure. Were you married when your when your mom passed? Yes. So your wife, I'm sure, was like. That was a big deal oh, when, for her to be there during that time. When,
0: when I got the call that we were taking her off life support, probably, I called my wife and I was like, hey, we got to go to the hospital. She's like, I'll be there in a second. It wasn't, well, I need to finish up the shift. You right, go ahead and I'll right. meet you there. I'll be there in a second. Yeah. Never in my life have I had somebody like that. Yeah. So that's why that's important to me. Yeah. I mean, because...
2: Your mom was your outlet, like you said. And my mom was the same way. Now, my mom has dealt with cancer for so long. And like like we were talking about earlier, now she has this this form of leukemia that I don't know if she's going to live five days. I don't know if she's going to live five years. But I have this this feeling because of the way my mom is towards me and because of my, how my dad toward is towards me. And not everybody has this, this it's a blessing is that the way that if you're, if you're a parent and you love on your child and without any other way of explaining, I've got, like I said, I've got four. I love on them every chance I get. My mom and dad did that. Yeah. And like, I'm the person I am because of that and i'm the way i am towards my kids because of that and if you treat your kids sh- shitty then your kid's going to be a shitty human being yeah. and you have so much impact on your kids and the way that they are going to impact society and so as far as mental is concerned like you want to make a difference for mental health so okay here's the big thing if everybody that's listening if you want to make a difference for mental health what we've talked about this whole time sp- spend time with your friends camaraderie make make relationships make new relationships and rekindle old ones spend time with your spouse and let that person know you love them and and really make them your go-to yeah they want to be your first go-to. Like your wife wants you to go to her before anybody else. I promise. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And
0: if you don't, she knows. And I want my wife to know that I'm the first person she can. Exactly.
2: And you should be that.
0: Yeah.
2: And thirdly, your children, let treat them like you want them to be a how you would want them to treat their spouse or their friends or anybody else because they're going to grow up and be the friends that y'all had when you're sitting up till 2am watching a football game. But if they, you treat them like shit and your kid learns like, well, I don't need to be there for anybody. My dad wasn't there for me, blah, 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 blah. blah, Then you're going through a depressed period. You call Austin say, Hey man, I really need you right now. <laughs> shit, dude, get the fuck over now. Yeah. yeah. You know, you deal with it, man. You're a man. Grow some balls. Deal with your depression. Whereas Shane came over and said, "Hey, dude, let's watch some football." That is so important. Yeah. Like, don't, don't you ever tell somebody, grow a set. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me let me rephrase. Depends. Sometimes I, well, need it. Sometimes, sometimes I need it. Sometimes <laughs> you need to grow a set. Like, yeah. I mean, like there's some situations that you need to grow a set. Like, don't be
1: a bitch. Hey, dude, there's be- a snake in my driveway and I can't pull into the yard right now. Exactly. Listen, buddy. Yeah, buddy I'm not coming to kill a snake yeah, for you.
2: Buddy, come help me. And
1: drive over that son I bitch.
2: Say, <laughs> And I say that, you know, like within reason, don't be a, a fairy. Don't be a snowflake because we've got enough of those in society yeah. nowadays. Like. You are a human being, you can live through difficult things. But when you're what I mean, this in the context of when you're going through something and somebody's going through something else, don't tell that person to, to yeah. get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not say, that easy, exactly. Say, What can I do? Yeah, do you want me to come over? Yeah, you know, hey, dude, do you want me to bring a six pack? Do you, you know, but not like. <laughs> Do you want me to come over and be there for you? Like, mm-hmm. what can we do? Hey, dude, let's watch a game.
0: Don't bring just a six pack. Just go ahead yeah. and get
2: 30 rack. Yeah. Right.
1: It'll be good. Can you <laughs> we'll bring a 30 and 80s? Yeah. <laughs> my problem is I don't give the option. Yeah. I'm just there. And, and yeah. even better. Was, even better. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I can be overbearing with it.
2: No, and you know what? I I, I disagree with that because I don't think you can be that way. Well, so that, no. was, that was
1: what I was going to say, but my mindset on it is there's really no such thing as overbearing
0: no so not
2: when you're in a situation like that yeah. i remember
0: when, when shane when shane left after he brought me beers when i found out i was positive or whatever like all i could remember was i'm glad i have a friend that's that close yeah cuz yeah. he lives 5 minutes away
1: literally literally, literally, that literally close. 5 minutes away yeah.
0: what
2: would you have felt like if you did
0: not <sighs> i don't know there's not. There's very few people I can rely on, especially now that he's closer. Oh, well, now I'll bring
2: you
3: some beer.
0: <laughs> but you know, <laughs> and that's it. Listen, I've said it a few times, but
1: like, if you're listening to this and you feel like you're in that situation where you don't know, like, ah, I've got a, I've got a group of friends, and we talk pretty frequently, but I don't know if like, if I if yeah. I texted them on a Saturday at you know two thirty three o'clock, if they would come over.
0: Man, I don't know. Like, Hit I got this me up because yeah. I promise you, I don't care who you are, or where you're at, I'll be there. There's a lot of things going on in people's lives that you're never going to understand fully because you haven't been through it, but it's being there is what matters.
2: And you make a good point there because honestly, when it comes to being there for somebody, those impactful Mm -hmm. moments in somebody's life, you can, that's a, that's a crossroads. You can make or break somebody the rest of their life. Like you are so powerful. Uh, whoever's listening, I want you to hear that you are so powerful to somebody else. Because if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm going through a divorce or, you know, my mom just passed away or I'm dealing with something difficult in my life and you're not there for that person. You may change the rest of their entire life by not By just not saying yes or no, and hey, that's that's a big pill to swallow, but that's this is that important. Like if you, like Shane was saying, like I'll be there. Don't even just say, "Hey, dude, call me." Like, "Hey, dude, I'm 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 messing up. I'm on my way."
3: Yeah,
2: because what if that person was contemplating suicide that night? You know, and you are the person who made that change. Yeah, you know what? You may have just stopped the person who, t- from committing suicide who's going <laughs> to cure cancer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you don't know. You don't know what kind of impact that person's going to have on society. And you don't know what kind of... And the fact that you just were there for that person is what we're put on this earth for. So, you know, to take it to a religious Um, point God puts us on this earth to be there for each other that's why he made us as human beings and made Adam and Eve that's that's why Adam walked around the garden that's why he didn't walk around the garden by himself he brought him a companion for a reason yeah And that's why we have companions is because we were not meant to be by ourselves. We were not meant to be isolated. We were not meant to be um, closed off from the rest of the world. And we were not meant to be, um, you know, shut down. Yeah. And so if you, if anybody, if you need something that you're dealing with in your life, you may not need medicine. The, I, I don't recommend it. And I am the one who gives it and writes it. <laughs> so I'm really not helping my my clientele right now. But I'm being honest. I mean, I don't care. I don't care if I make another dime in psychiatry. What I care about is is, honestly, medicine's probably not, it should never be the first answer. Medicine works and it helps. And I will say that because I prescribe it every day and I see the result. But you should always just go to your friend. Go to your friend and call them. Go to your wife, call somebody, your parents, whoever. And if you ain't got nobody, I promise you somebody will. Yeah. I, I mean, I swear I, I'm there is somebody. You just cast there. that net. Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You will find somebody. Go on Facebook and post on your post like, look, I need somebody to talk to. I guarantee you somebody will comment. And if you don't have any friends, then that's not going to happen. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to add some friends
0: to your Facebook Go to the people you may know. Yes. Yeah. Go <laughs> to people
2: you may know and add some and and add the bots. And the bots will talk to you. I'm just kidding. But anyways, seriously. Only like, if you send
0: them an Amazon gift card. first. Right?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And your social security number. But though there is someone for everybody, and I say that with complete confidence, for you to talk to. Like walk up in a random church, somebody's working in there. Walk up in a school. Walk up somewhere and say, hey, look, I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. I am fucked up or I've got something going on in my life, and I don't know what to do about this. And I need somebody to just vent to and deal with. And somebody's going to go, me too. Yep. <laughs> uh, me too. And so that is that is your first choice to me.
0: Well, we're going to go and close this out. Um, we're
2: not gonna do in like three more hours
0: <laughs> if there was a if there was anything you would tell somebody that's struggling with their mental health that may be going through a depression episode yeah what what's I know we just talked about talking to somebody yeah but other than talking to somebody what's the one thing you would tell them because obviously talking to somebody helps but what's the one thing you would tell them
2: So okay. I'll give you multiple things for that answer. Because how can I ever answer a question in one thing?
0: <laughs>
3: y'all fig- <laughs> have y'all sense. figured that out yet? Makes sense. We're, uh, talking,
0: we're talking to a shrink here.
2: Have you ever, fi- have you figured out that I don't just answer questions directly? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we like merry-go-rounds here. Yeah. Thrive so, on it. Thrive on it.
2: So if there's somebody, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, whatever you're dealing with, first of all, number one, You are not the only one. I know we like to think we're all delusional to a degree. And I say that to say that like everybody thinks that we're the only one that's dealing with some shit. You think that no one else in this world is depressed like me. No one else is going through a divorce. Ain't nobody else lost a mom. Blah, 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 blah. You all, you're wrong. Because there is like 10,000 people that you know close to you that are dealing with that. And they may, and they have worked through that already. And that's what we're on this earth to do. Like i go back to Adam and Eve. We're on this earth to deal with each other and to help each other through difficult times. So number one, you're not alone. You can find somebody that can help you. Number two, if you think that you need um, medical help, it's out there. There are people like me who work every single day and you can call and you can make an appointment and you can come in and see me. And if I need to start your medicine, I will. And there's, and I say that there's nothing wrong with being on medicine. You need to know that, you know, if anybody's listening, you need to know that there's nothing wrong with being on a psychiatric medicine. And if you're a Christian and you, and and this is the issue with, like we talked about with the South, I always tell people, that think of your medication as augmenting your relationship with God. So if you have a good, strong relationship with God and and you think that taking medicine is somehow meaning that you don't have enough faith in God, think about it as this. I have enough faith in God, but I'm taking medicine too to augment that and and I'm doing everything I can. So don't think about it in the context of I'm weak because I'm taking medicine. So there's number two. Don't ever think that you're weak because you're taking medicine or you're seeking therapy or whatever. So number two is go out there and find help if you want it. So talk to somebody, get medical help. And number three is just... When you're dealing with these type of things, you have to realize that sometimes these things are not, are are a lot of times situational, like nine times out of 10. Because I have a lot of patients come in and tell me that they're depressed. And when we really get to talking, it's because of some shit that's going on in their life. But a lot, sometimes it's not. Like, you need to know that this is a brain problem. Just like Shane was talking about earlier, like if you've got high blood pressure, if it's, that, it's just like that. It's just like having high blood pressure or having diabetes or having cancer, whatever. You have a mental health problem that is causing you to be this way. So don't look at it as separate from those type of things. It doesn't make you less than. Exactly. It doesn't make you less of a person to have that problem. It doesn't make you less of a person to have high blood pressure. I've got high have blood pressure. I mm-hmm. promise. And I'm not less of a person. But it, But if you think of it in the context, mental health is all about how you perceive it. If you perceive it as <clears throat> it's a bad thing, it's going to be a bad thing. If you perceive it as this is something that I'm dealing with and I have all of these options I can use to work through it, you will thrive in society. But if you don't, you will have a hard time. I'm not saying you'll fail. You may still make it. You may still get through life and be great, but it's going to be harder than it would be if you would just talk to somebody, deal with it, take medicine if you need to, and understand that it is not always a situational problem. It can be a brain problem that is explainable through science.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That was we needed, we needed this talk yeah, that was beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and after
2: this we're all gonna cry uh-huh. yeah. Every, we're gonna watch the scene from Lion King when Mufasa falls and dies <laughs> cause if you can watch that and not cry you are a sociopath yeah <laughs> you
1: definitely need to check into like, a psych cycle you
2: are yeah. going to pick up a a co-ed and murder them tonight if that doesn't <laughs> make you cry
0: <laughs> oh man hands down Austin awesome, dude I appreciate you coming on do you this is this has been this has been this has been fun jesus christ
2: i'm never having this guy going.
0: probably
1: a bad time to tell you we actually haven't been
2: recording this <laughs> he's like this was all a test yeah. and yeah. you did not pass
0: this was just sound check <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Did dude i never pressed record
0: <laughs> we really we really do appreciate you coming on yeah man. this i'm is, glad to be here i feel like more people need to talk about mental health yeah absolutely okay. like i said i Ever since I've started this show, I've always been an advocate for it. Whether if you listen, you want to message me or Shane, now that he's on full time, like we're always here for anybody that wants to talk to it. But we're also here to promote Walker County. And there's good people like you in Walker County that will help people with their mental health. And speaking of, let me just go ahead and
2: plug if I can. Yep, yep. We're always
0: plugging at the end.
2: So. I am a nurse, like I said, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. You're probably going, I never want to say that, dude, but I promise you, try it because I I might have... If
0: anything, a... you're more relatable. now.
2: <laughs> yeah, you might say, hey, that's the one I want to see. <laughs> I work for Northwest Alabama Psychiatric. Um, it's Dr. Terry Bentley's office. We are um, right across the street from Walker Baptist, right behind Jack's in the, bu- the gray building with a blue roof. Hey, Come in the side of the building, come up to the second floor and make you an appointment. I will... I've got appointments, I've got openings, I'll see you, we'll work through whatever you're dealing with. If you need therapy, I'll refer you. If you need medicine, I'll help you. Whatever it is, there's an option in Walker County. Like, you don't just have to sit there and mull over your problems. Like, there is a, a lot of people don't even know we're there. And that's what surprised me so much is like, I've had a multiple patients say, I didn't even know you guys existed. Yeah. So we're there. And come see us if you think that that's something that you need to do.
0: Awesome. Like I said, man, I appreciate it. Vunderbar. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. Folks, if you struggle with mental health, you know who to go see, especially in the Mohawk County area. If not, find a friend. Find somebody reliable to talk to, your spouse, whoever it may be. But there's always somebody there for you. And if there's not, not, I promise you, you can find somebody. Reach out right Reach. Yep. We're, Shane and I are always here. Um, Austin may be your most relatable professional on a mental health level, but Shane and I will also be your most relatable in I can get you through some yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> We may make you laugh. We might try to make you cry. I don't know. Whatever you need to work out, we're here for you. If you're but, crying because of the Lion King, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we're all here if you cry during the Lion King. If
2: you don't cry because of the Lion King, like I said, I'm here because yeah. you need help.
0: But, Austin... Man, thanks. We'll definitely have you on. Uh, Pardon my southern. Sometime during yeah. this,
2: can I, I? can cuss more on that. one. Yeah, like you,
0: that. you're more free willing on that one. There's not going to be as many bleeps as there are in this episode. <laughs> oh
2: God, I'm so sorry. But uh, I'm so sorry in advance. Uh,
0: hey, it happens, especially with Shane over here. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I cuss more than. That. <laughs> but folks, I'm going uh, to
1: rein it in a little bit.
2: Should oh. we add some of the- <laughs> Mother shit, damn,
1: cock sucking fuck, 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 fucking asshole. Cunt. <laughs>
2: Ball sack. <laughs>
0: There we go. Now she got that out of your systems. But folks... You uh, goddamn piece of fucking shit. <laughs> I'm gonna email Shane this audio. I'm like, you cut this out.
2: <laughs> You edit this, motherfucker.
0: But... Oh, anyways. Publishes as is. <laughs> folks. Raw. Uh... Mental health is a priority. Take care of yourselves, whether it's physical or mental activity, whatever keeps you better. Amen. Uh, I'm fresh out of quarantine. We're back full time. COVID's likely not to hit us again. Hopefully, now I'm on that ivermectin. <laughs> yes, right. Horse paste. <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm gonna get a side effect. Boy's going to be built like a horse. Y'all,
2: we need to talk about ivermectin on a pardon myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that has been oh, underrepresented. We'll talk about ivermectin on a lot Don't of people. Don't go to Curry Co op, but you, ivermectin uh. is for humans <laughs> and it works. A lot okay? of people forget
1: what it done in the 70s and like, 80s. It
2: actually, there's a human version.
1: It helped me with
0: scabies. Did it?
2: Yeah. I, I, I want to know how he got scabies I, off of
0: people <laughs> <for> <laughs> Let's <laughs> close this out and I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. But folks, uh, this is Austin Tucker. Yes. He is a scabies. local nurse practitioner. God,
3: god
2: damn oh <laughs> look at
0: you I'll look at you I'll over you there do you do. Mr. I-Horse I promise I'm not doing it again <laughs> but folks this has been Austin Tucker he is your local nurse practitioner for mental health if you're struggling with anything go see him or go talk to your friends yes until next time love your neighbor talk to someone different than you talk to your friends if that jar is not empty pass that thing around deuces we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar